lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace alongside Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, our good friend Chris Pandolfo will be joining us here momentarily. Uh, for the Dace Group, coming your way here in a moment. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And if you're looking for the free speech alternatives to those particular sites, just look for Steve Dace on Gab, MeWe, and Parler. For example, I put up um, some must-know information with experts at Johns Hopkins and Stanford now coming out against Anthony Fauci and lockdowns. But because of the Facebook censors, I'm not posting it over there. I'm just now rebuilding the audience and traffic to my Facebook page. So um, thankfully, we've got other uh, alternatives that you could be getting those. It's on our MeWe page, on our Parler page, on our Gab page. So I've gotten emails from several of you in the last 24 hours. Hey, what happened to your YouTube postings? Uh, We're suspended over there for telling you the truth. They can't ever tell us what we said was wrong. Basically, they just don't like it. So that's, again, why you want to subscribe. BlazeTV.com slash dace that's where you can go uh to get the show at a discounted subscription at blaze tv.com slash dace but at any point any day you could come in here and find out you can't access this stuff for quote unquote free any longer now there is a free speech alternative to youtube uh that is still new hopefully growing just go to rumble.com slash steve dace show of course it is a friday uh, we'll get to some of the feedback that you have sent to us in the next hour. We'll get to the Dace Group here in a moment. But we've got a big announcement coming up. And before I get to it, let me tell you about Rough Greens because I've been talking about them for quite a while now. It's a powder you sprinkle over your pet's food that puts all the good stuff in your pet's food that's likely already been taken out. Vitamins, minerals, nutrients, pre, probiotics, omega oils, uh, antioxidants, uh, for the same reason they do, the, they do that to the human food. That's why we buy so many supplements these days. They strip it, uh, the good stuff out of our foods for mass production, consumption. They do the same thing to your pets. Thankfully, they now have a supplement called Rough Greens that'll put all the good stuff they need back in there. But maybe you're worried your pet's not going to like it. Now, our pet, our dog, Cap, our little Bichon, loves this stuff. But hey, I get it. You want to try it first. We're going to let you for free. Get the 14-day jumpstart bag for free. You just pay for the shipping, that's all. But the bag is free. See if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less if your pet won't take to it. Go to roughgreens.com. Again, that's R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com or give them a call at 833-ROUGH-DOG. 833-ROUGH-DOG. Tuesday is a big day. If you've not been on our socials, maybe have not heard yet the announcement. We are doing everything we can to get our brand new book out as fast as we possibly can. And to do that, we're going to put it right to paperback to get it into your hands as fast as possible. And sales begin for Faucian Bargain, the most powerful and dangerous bureaucrat. In American history. This is the book Todd and I have been working on for the last month or so, compiling all of the work that we have done on this story over the past year. There will be more footnotes than pages 
to this book. You no longer are going to need to ask me for any links. This will be your ultimate resource guide because we're going straight to paperback. It will also be cheaper than a hardcover as well. Yes, there will be an audio version. Actually, Aaron is going to read that this time. Uh, And it will be available on Kindle as well. This all comes out on Tuesday, there will be. We're not even doing pre-orders. We don't have time for that, given the urgency of the hour now, where the battle is raging right now. We've got, as I just said, experts at Johns Hopkins are now taking shots at Anthony Fauci. We, I think, we have momentum here to topple this petty little tyrant, and so we want to get this book in as many hands as we possibly can. So there is the cover. Fauci and Bargain releases on. Tuesday, uh, and there's going to be a limited amount of places that you're going to be able to get this uh, because, again, we're going to bypass the traditional publishing process. If we didn't, you wouldn't get this book for another five to six months. And we can't afford another five to six months of these lies. They, they need to be confronted and stopped now. And we want to have a book that plays at least some role in helping the American people get there. So we're going to put this in your hands as soon as possible, releasing on Tuesday, and it's going to have a star-studded collection of endorsements. I would I would venture there will not be a book released in conservative media this year that will have a longer list of decorated endorsements than this one, and maybe not in the last few years, including several current elected officials. Names you would know. We'll unveil those to you on Tuesday as well. Todd, you have any thoughts before we get started with the Dace Group? I would just say it's a privilege of a lifetime to fight uh, on this hill with you. It's incredibly important work to have in your hands, all contained together in a way that you can get through really fast and reference. And because that's the case, my suggestion to you is, don't just buy one i mean this is really this think of this like the pamphlets put out during revolutionary war periods i humbly ask you yes it's self-serving but buy as many as you can and be prepared to give them away because there's a lot of people who just have no idea and this will be like a brick across the head to have this in their hands. So um, thank you. Um, uh, Steve's done this many times. This is my first rodeo. It's humbling in the extreme, and I'm really excited about it. Let me piggyback off of what you just said. Uh, the fact that we are bypassing the normal publishing process, you're not going to, this isn't going to be in every bookstore in the country. We're not going to sell it $30 per hardcover or anything like that. Hey, that means preemptively we're taking money out of our own pocket as well. So when he says, hey, don't just buy one of these, that's not a one-sided transaction. By bypassing the traditional publishing process, we've already, we're, we're already saying, unless we can make it up in volume, we're going to make less money on this than we would if we sold these hardcover. So this is what works both ways. We're, we're bypassing that process. It's going to have a limited amount of places, vendors, you can pick this, pick this up in order to get it in as many hands as possible because it's about the mission more than the money. And so we are putting our money, so to speak, where our mouth is from the outset. So that's why I don't have any problem at all with Todd asking you to get multiple copies because it's that important. No one has done a work like this. No one has. That compiles everything you want to know from the masks to the Wuhan lab um, to Anthony Fauci's duplicity. Every topic that could be con- that is conceivable up until now, the battle over the vaccines, up until that point. Everything that could be conceivable that we need to know to end these lockdowns, 
is touched on, documented, and cited fully in this book. All right? So absolutely, when it comes out on Tuesday, drop it like it's hot. About a couple times. A couple times. Let's get to the day screw. There it is. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by our friends over at Home Title Lock who urge you do not get a crash course in home title theft here in 2021 because when this crime happens, it can ruin you financially. Here's how it occurs. Cyber thieves know that our home's titles are often kept online these days. So they hack in, forge your signature on what's called a quick claim deed stating you've sold your home to them so that they can then take out loans against your home until all of that equity that belongs to you is gone. And often you won't find out about it until collection notice or worse begin to pour in. Unfortunately, your mortgage lender, your homeowner's insurance won't protect you, but Home Title Lock does. And in the unlikely event, you still fall prey to this crime. While a member of Home Title Lock, they are pledging up front they're going to take a quarter of a, up to a quarter of a million dollars out of their own pocket in, order, in legal fees in order to restore your home's title rightfully to you. So go over to HomeTitleLock.com right now, register your address, find out if you're already a victim. That doesn't cost you anything whatsoever, just to be on the safe side. And then while you're there, you can also use the code RADIO to get 30 free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Let's begin with issue one, bleep. Lord Nefarious says. There's not a single thing a man can do that a woman can't do as well or better. Not a single thing. I've been devalued. I've been disrespected and dismissed because I am a woman. And I've been told that I don't deserve any more than less because I am a woman. Women working full-time year-round are typically paid just 82 cents for every dollar paid to men. It's a reminder of the work that remains to to be done to advance equity and ensure that all Americans have the opportunity to reach their full potential. Dr. Rachel Levine made history Wednesday as the first openly transgender official to be confirmed by the U.S. Senate as the next Assistant Secretary of Health. Elliot Page just gave his first interview since opening up about being trans. Ahmad al-Aliwi Alisa was wheeled into Boulder County Court on Thursday where a judge ordered the 21-year-old accused of fatally shooting 10 people at a Colorado supermarket to be held without bail while he undergoes a mental health assessment requested by his lawyers. While we're still waiting for more information regarding the shooter, his motive, I don't need to wait another minute, let alone an hour, to take common sense steps I will save the lives in the future. Reject the false choice and stop pushing it for sure. Stop pushing the false choice that this means everybody's trying to come after your guns. That is not what we're talking about. With regard to the filibuster, I believe we should go back to a position of the filibuster that existed just when I came to the United States Senate 120 years ago. Do you plan to visit the border? Um, not today. (laughs) What really pushes people here is violence and persecution and extreme poverty. A lot of times, by the way, uh, uh, put into place, exacerbated by the effects of climate change. Now, climate change has has frankly impacted some of the agricultural uh, opportunities in those countries. So, again, we should be sending experts down there to figure out what can be done. Would you have tried to do this when Donald Trump was president? Definitely not. 
definitely. So did you come here because Joe Biden was elected president? Basically. Basically. You're still a Republican, right? You, you have a, there are some people yeah. who come on to say that. Yeah, a very good one. The six-foot distancing requirement has probably been the single costliest uh, mitigation tactic that we've uh, employed in, as a result of COVID, in response to COVID. And it really wasn't based on clear science. Was you put a mask on for us? Uh, yeah, when I'm talking to the TV camera, I'm not going to wear a mask, and all of us have been immunized, so... It'd make us feel better. Uh, you're welcome to step away if you like. So the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. I still can't get over Tehran Martha. Last year, full hijab, headdress, presiding over the state funeral of an Iranian uh, terrorist fiend likely burning in hell as we speak, to a year later, in a mask. So, if literally asking. So, if if you you came here because Joe Biden is president, well, yeah. That is, life comes at you fast, bro. So, Chris, I think you have now waited. This is the longest anyone has ever waited as a fourth panelist on the day group. Yeah, yes. So we're going to just let you go first, man. We might just give you this segment, actually, All right, because we feel bad. What was the best of the worst this week, Chris? You're up. Uh, the best was Ted Cruz telling that reporter to just like, dude, if you're uncomfortable, take a step back. Because we're over here in team reality where we've all got the vaccines and we know we're not spreading the coronavirus and we're safe. And the other thing, too, is the hypocrisy of that stupid reporter. This was just for show. They go to that press White House press briefing every single day where Jen Psaki mm-hmm. gets up on the phone, uh, the uh, not the phone, but the, the podium, and she's talking to all these reporters. She's not wearing a mask. And so we are coming out of the pandemic now. More people are getting vaccines. Everybody is starting to feel a bit more comfortable. These states are opening up, and this stuff is still for show in the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. So this is, again, why your book coming out is going to be so important, because we're going to counter this theater that's going on TV with actually hard facts and evidence so people can be educated and so they can go back to living their lives informed by the facts and stand up to this idiocy. So that was my favorite part of the week. Um, Joe Biden is showing his age. I think that was the biggest takeaway that I had from his press conference yesterday. Mm -hmm. He's just like, you know, on some questions, he's fine. On other questions, he's just like, what am I talking about again? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I don't think he's... The, the stu- again, speaking to the stupidity of the media, some reporter asked him, oh, hey, are you going to run again in 2024? Is that your current plan? Are you going to run with Kamala Harris as your running mate? Just this idiotic, totally unnecessary question. There's a million issues you can ask Biden about. There's right. this migrant crisis we're going on, this humanitarian crisis on the southern border. His administration, as that illegal immigrant himself admitted, is encouraging people to come here by their policy and by the tone that they're taking and saying, you know, we'll just sort you into these refugee camps and you know if we can't hold you indefinitely we'll just release you into the united states that's the policy that the biden administration has reinstated and we could be asking the biden administration hey is that a good idea um it, 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 we're so concerned about COVID. well a lot of these illegal immigrants are testing for co- positive for COVID at seven times higher rates than every other american and we're just gathering them up together into these facilities that are overcrowded where it can spread faster, where they acknowledge the virus spreads faster, and then we're just releasing them. That's the policy of the administration. No questions about that. Dumb questions about whether or not Biden's going to run again when he's, what, 83, 82? It doesn't even matter. So, again, this week proved that with a Democrat in office, the media is terrible. 
the policies the administration are putting forward are terrible. And this is why people vote Republican to avoid weeks like this. Yeah. Dude, I hate the Republican Party and would would love it would be a, a personal honor to be the person who struck the match that burnt it to the ground. Agree with every word you just said, Chris. <laughs> Agree with every word. All right. Todd, what do you think? What was the best of the worst this week? Well, when you take everything Chris said and then you lump in the extra craziness he didn't mention, the tranny health minister, the nonsense yep. of Megan Rapino, all of it, all of it. I, I was trying Isn't to- is she a multimillionaire? Yeah, but she must be. Yes. And, and the podium, all of so. But what makes it all possible? And the, so that's my example is, is the key to what makes this all possible. And it is the likes of uh, former Ohio Governor John Kasich, son of a mailman, going on, of all places, the Dom Lemon show to convince everybody and seek his approval why he's one of the good Republicans. And now we see Christy Noem playing from that playbook. That's the Republicans have always been looking for the approval and asking the dumb questions and accepting the asinine premises of people like that. It's all possible because of the neutered, godless, no dude anywhere nonsense of people like him. Aaron, by the way, she has endorsement deals with Nike and Samsung. So not very lucrative. Yeah, yeah, I'm, companies. I'm, I'm probably maybe. Uh, is she making a living wage? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Aaron, she's, go ahead. she's making uh, um, a quarter on the dollar to what men. I, I, I want to say I, I want to zoom in on one thing that that, that uh, Chris mentioned as his best of the week. And it was the reporter. I don't know if you caught that. It was really hard to hear. I tried to jack up the audio as much as I could, but it was still still difficult to, to hear. After Cruz says, I'm not going to take off my mask, the reporter, did you hear what the reporter said or the cameraman, whoever said? Do you know what they said? But it would make us feel better. Yeah. Yep. Ain't that ain't that an epitaph on America? Hey, you want to you say, amen, brother. Rachel Levine, amen, brother. the artist formerly known as Richard Levine, is an epitaph on America's uh, gravestone or tombstone, I should say. Um, it would just make me feel better. Probably precedes that. All right. If 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 Rachel Levine, the likes of him, if if that's the if that's the full on labor of the downfall of American exceptionalism, uh, it would just make me feel better. Are the birth pangs? That, that's where we're at right now, because we only ended up with the Rachel Levines of the world by a bunch of men who really think like, oh, it would just make me feel better. It would just make in one way or the other. It's the slippery slope. Slip meet sloped or slope beat slipped. Exit question on a scale of one to ten, with one being Joe Biden's chances, odds of finishing the year in office. Ten being. The full measure of Lindsey Graham's concern about a new study linking pollution to smaller penis sizes. <laughs> Rank this week's level of total depravity, Chris. 11. Todd. 10. Aaron. 10. Let's get to issue two. We still got it. Gnome to nowhere. 
In the wake of upwards of 35 bills in over half the states in the union introduced, passed, or signed into the law recently that would bar dudes who feel pretty from competing on and against women's sports teams, one of the few darlings of COVID fascism pushback, South Dakota Governor Christy Noem announced on International Women's Day last week that she was excited to sign South Dakota's iteration of these bills. The original bill in South Dakota would have banned biological men from competing on women's sports teams through the collegiate ranks. A similar bill was recently introduced in Florida's House of Representatives, among other places, and another similar bill was recently signed into law by Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves. Just days after Noam said she was excited to sign South Dakota's bill, she then announced in a lengthy Twitter thread that she was sending it back to the state legislature for a quote-unquote style and form revision, which is a fancy bureaucratic term for veto. The bottom line reason, she said, is because the bill would likely end up in numerous lawsuits the state would surely lose. She said this at the advice of conservative legal scholars. Noam also announced she's starting a quote-unquote coalition of states to join together to protect women's sports called Defend Title IX Now. Noam, as you can imagine, felt immediate intense pushback for her veto of the bill and went on Tucker Carlson's show to defend herself. Because what it would do is it would put a law in the books that would allow the NCAA to take punitive action against our state. And we're a small state, Tucker. Uh, We've had to fight hard to get any tournaments to come to South Dakota. When they took punitive action against us, we would have to litigate. And legal scholars that I have been consulting with for many, many months say that I would very likely lose those litigation efforts. And I don't think that. Oh, so you're saying, so hold on, just to be clear, it's not the bill. You're saying. have to sue many times over and over again. But wait, wait, wait. So you're saying the NCAA threatened you, and you don't think you can win that fight. They said if you sign this, we won't allow girls in South Dakota to play. And you don't think you can win in court, even though the public overwhelmingly supports you nationally. And so you're caving to the NCAA. I think that's what you're saying. No, that's not right at all, Tucker. In fact, you're wrong. Why not instead just say, bring it on, Mm -hmm. NCAA. I'm a national figure. Go ahead and try and exclude us. I will fight you in the court of public opinion and defend principle. Why not just do that? Tucker, you're preaching my sermon. That's what I did today. Today, I, with Herschel Walker, you vetoed Jack the Brewer, bill. with Nancy Lopez, we all stood together. I did not veto the bill. I did a style and form revision. That didn't really help her case, though. Neither did an embarrassing email her communications staff sent out this week accusing criticism of Noam as, quote, conservative cancel culture. Here's the bottom line of this story. Noam said she was excited to sign a South Dakota bill banning biological men from competing against women and on women's sports teams through the collegiate ranks, a bill similar to those introduced and or signed in numerous states. Noam then backtracked, saying the bill was likely to result in lawsuits, which the state would lose, and that a coalition was needed to push back against tranny madness. A coalition which, as you just heard, already exists. So why not sign the bill? You can be the judge of that. All right, so Chris, this audience has heard the three of us pontificate on this for two full days this week. Sure. All right, so... This first question is really just for you. If we put the lasso of truth around Christine Ohm, what would she say she is trying to do here? Okay. So I've been reporting on this, and, uh, you know, I, for full disclosure, her communications director, Ian Fury, I went to school with him. So I know him very well, and I, I've been talking to him in my reporting on this. So what the governor's office argues, and what the governor would tell you if you put the lasso of truth around her, is that her she's tr- she is trying to avoid a situation where we go to court 
and we lose, and they create a court precedent that, uh, that is equivalent to something like Casey versus Planned Parenthood, where we took what Gorsuch did in Bostock, which was related to employment discrimination, and now we elevate it to sex discrimination in sports under Title IX, which we have a Supreme Court ruling, which is where she thinks that it would get litigated to, saying you have to let transgender athletes compete on whichever team they want to based on their identification. Right. Uh, now, that, that's her argument. I have a lot of problems with it because I think that they're not they're being kind of disingenuous in the way they're going about this. First of all, uh, what the governor did is a veto. The style and form revisions is listed under the veto power in the South Dakota state constitution. Uh, what she did basically is strike several parts of the bills and several lawmakers in South Dakota who supported the bill will tell you that style and form is supposed to be reserved for things like grammatical errors. Yeah, typos, stuff like that. Yeah, Typos and stuff like that. So they think that what she did was an unconstitutional abuse of her executive authority. That's point number one. Uh, point number two is when, when she says that she is standing up for women's sports, the stuff that she actually took out of the bill was related to collegiate athletics, obviously. And, you know, as Tucker Carlson argues, this sounds like a cave to the NCAA, and it pretty much is. It's basically saying that, you know, we don't want South Dakota to be targeted in standing up on this issue alone. And her argument is well, what we'll do instead is we'll pass the bill at the K-12 level and we'll set aside the college argument for now and then put together this coalition, is her idea, all right, of states that band together to stand up for the NCAA. Well, the groups that are supporting the bill that she vetoed are, are saying, look, we've got other legislation being passed in other states. Arkansas today, the governor there signed mm-hmm. a, a Fairness Women's Sports Act that applies to collegiate sports that prevents transgender boys who think they are girls from competing on girls' teams. So... Their argument is, hey, there is a coalition. You can join it by signing the bill, right? And in my estimation, what the governor is trying to do is trying to have her cake and eat it too, right? She's trying to, because I, I don't think that she thinks it's okay or morally Neither acceptable. Neither do I. For I don't either. People, yeah. to, uh, people who identify one way to join the sports teams, right? Mm-hmm. But she is a governor, so she's representing not just people who think like us, but also the business community. She's also representative of other people in the state, and she's trying to be a governor for Agreed. kind of everybody. She's, she's creating looking, a pro-life with exceptions for the training issue. That's right. essentially she, what she's attempting to do. Yeah. Yeah. She's, try, she's trying to make a compromise position that is in the best interest, in her view, yes. is in the best interest of the state of South Dakota. Which is she really in her best, South, her best interest politically. Yes. Sure. Yeah. But also, you know, you have to recognize... If she went through with signing the bill, and this is the argument that she's making, not that I'm making, this is the one she's presenting, you know, South Dakota girls on sports teams at the collegiate level are going to be told they can't compete nationally. They're going to lose opportunities while this issue is litigated in court. And, you know, people for now may, may agree with what they passing the bill, and they may say they support it, but all of a sudden when your daughter is told, well, you're going to lose opportunities at the collegiate level to compete nationally, People's opinions are going to change. And so Noam is in this position of kind of expecting that to happen mm-hmm. and trying to avoid that sort of blowback. Now, so in other words, in other words, I, listen, I agree with all of her analysis, which is mm-hmm. why I have mine. Um, but I because ultimately this comes down to we won't sacrifice anything to defend our belief system. Anything that if it costs us anything, the answer is no. Anything that the courts say we will never defy. And it's and we can't oppose woke corporations. They're too powerful. So just bow the knee. And so these all these issues just become reduced to talking points. Well, that's it. 
I don't think she would take the position of there's nothing that she wouldn't stand up to. She'd say the best way to stand up to them is to fight and do, and do this other way. It's another, it's the age-old question of which strategy is best to accomplish what we want. Do we want slow victories or do we want to have the huge confrontation now? Yeah, we don't have time. I, you, don't want, you, don't, you don't like slow victories, Chris, politicians. They can keep running on the same damn issue and the same talking yeah. points over and over and over again. If we don't win on this issue in a year, it's lost forever. All right, and the last sanity, hill of sanity in America is gone forever. Really quick, because we're short on time. Todd, your daughters are getting recruited, right? Isn't Arkansas yes. one of the schools? Yes. All right, so they have a pretty renowned uh, athletic uh, program for college age girls, right? Oh, and women's sports, it's outstanding. Okay, so uh, w- w- whose programs would be superior? The ones in South Dakota or the ones in Arkansas on a national collegiate level? Oh, it's not even close. Because your and his da- your daughters are getting recruited in this case. Yes. Yeah. So. Apparently, Arkansas didn't seem to be concerned that their award-winning track team was going to get excluded. I Nope. Nope. Weird. Okay. Weird. Let's get to the exit question, and it's got to be a quick answer. If Gnome's future political prospects were lyrics to a Fleetwood Mac song, which Fleetwood Mac song lyrics would it be? A, and if you don't love me now, you will never love me again. B, if I could, baby, I'd give you my world. Or C, I know you don't believe it, that's true. I never meant any harm to you. If I'm interpreting A correctly, that it's basically over for her, then it's A. Okay. Chris? Uh, I would say C. How many Republican politicians have come back betraying the base? Okay. C. C. Okay. I mean, you still have what she did last year. You cannot take that away from her. Right? She's going to get a positive mention in her book. I'm not taking it away from her. She's taking it away from herself. That is is a, yes, that's a good point. That'll, That'll preach right there. That'll preach. I will come back. And is there a single institution left in this country that we can trust? I mean, a single one. We'll get into that when we return here and more on the Dace Group next year in a moment. Back here on the Steve Dace Show, radio and podcast here on Blaze TV. Get back to the Dace Group in a moment. But if you are dealing with inflammation right now, let me introduce you to a product known as Omega XL. Because you can use those topical rubs, those pain relievers. And and those things do work and they do help uh, to get rid of the pain, to mask the pain anyway. But what they don't deal with is what's causing the pain in the first place. That's why you have to keep using them over and over and over again. That's usually from inflammation in the body. Now, that's different from an injury. If you've got an injury, go get medical help, please. But if you're dealing with that chronic, uh, persistent, annoying, nagging, uh, stiffness, soreness, pains in the joints, muscles like the knees, the back, uh, the, for me, it's the hip flexor on the left side. You want a product called Omega XL, backed by 35 years of clinical research. Omega XL will attack the inflammation that's causing your pain so that it doesn't become that inflammation a more serious matter a little bit later on. And if you want to give it a shot, it's what I use in my daily walk as well. Uh, we can get you started for your first order with a buy one, get one free offer. Buy one bottle of Omega XL, get your second one for free when you visit Omega XL com slash Steve. Again, that's OmegaXL.com slash Steve, or call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. Let's welcome back in our good friend, Chris Pandolfo, as we continue on here with your weekly look at the week that was here on the Day Group. Let's get to issue three. Which, if any, institutions can we trust? 
The Tales of Hunter Biden. This week, a report obtained by numerous media outlets, including Politico, outlines a story from 2018 wherein the Secret Service embedded itself into an investigation that would have resulted in embarrassment for the Biden family. On October 23, 2018, President Joe Biden's son Hunter and daughter-in-law Hallie were involved in a bizarre incident in which Hallie took Hunter's gun and threw it in a trash can behind a grocery store, only to return later to find it gone. Delaware police began investigating Investigating, concerned that the trash can was across from a high school and that the missing gun could be used in a crime, according to law enforcement officials and a copy of the police report. But a curious thing happened at the same time. Secret Service agents approached the owner of the store where Hunter bought the gun and asked to take the paperwork involving the sale, according to two people, one of whom has firsthand knowledge of the episode, and the other was briefed by a Secret Service agent after the fact. The gun store owner refused to supply the paperwork, suspecting that the Secret Service officers wanted to hide Hunter ownership of the missing gun in case it were to be involved in a crime. The owner, Ron Palmieri, later turned over the papers to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. The Secret Service denies any record of involvement with this incident. We also had the uh, another known wolf shooter uh, in uh, the shooter out at Boulder, Colorado. On top of all the other issues we've had with the FBI, we know the state of the media Uh, We know the state of education in America, largely because of the teachers unions who are uh, showing their uh, rear ends as we speak, uh, that they really are. Some people used to tell me I was cruel years ago when I dubbed them Satan's youth ministry. No, just really prescient. That's essentially what they are. On and on and on and on it goes. So, Chris, back to you. I'm glad we've got – I like the generational makeup of this panel, okay? So, Todd, you and I are Gen Xers. Maybe someday, hopefully, maybe – I get the feeling we're just going to get skipped and go right to Gen X. The baby boomers will never, ever, ever depart and accept retirement. All right. But at some point, eventually, our generation will take over. We, we grew up as these institutions were beginning the erosion, but we still inherited some leftover nostalgia for them. Sure. Right? For sure. We got two Gen Xers now on the panel. All right. The age where you're, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, Gen Xers. You guys are getting, um, or millennials, you're I'm Gen sorry. X, we're, we're Gen, Gen X, X. yes, yeah. yes, thank you. You guys are the ones now, you're getting married now, having kids now, all right? You guys don't ever remember a time where these institutions were venerable, and they've only just gotten worse since you've come of age. So I'm very curious to get you two's reaction to this. Which, if any, institutions do you guys trust? Chris, I'll start with you. Um, none of them, because you have to recognize institutions are made up of people, and people are sinners, right? And most secular institutions don't recognize that fact. So whenever you're putting a bunch of sinners together in an organization, you're going to multiply the sin that's there. Um, the, the only institution I think that any of us could trust is the one that God himself has established and promised the gates of hell shall not prevent against it. And that's the church. It's the community of believers. And it's very important to realize it's not an American institution. That, that is a, it's a cosmic one. It goes be bigger and beyond any one particular country, any one particular nation or people or tongue. And that is why God asks us to pray for people who are in power, who are in charge of these institutions, that they have their hearts turned to do justice and to uh, obey God's law. It doesn't mean they're all going to become Christians, but it does mean that if the people can be a little bit humble, acknowledge that we ourselves are sinners and rely on God for his providence, and for his forgiveness and for his power to make us more holy, then maybe we can find some virtuous people to be put in charge of these institutions to make sure that they do things that are right, not things that are wicked. Right now, I think every institution in America is demonstrating that people 
lack that virtuous character right now. That's why they're becoming so corrupt. It's why they're doing so much wrong. So from our perspective, you know, the, the, there's no like instantaneous fix. You can't pass a law to change the hearts of the people. You can't uh, just, you know, kind of elect the right people when the people themselves are not virtuous. So you got to pray because that's the only way God is the only actor who can change people's hearts. And, you know, that's the situation where we find ourselves in. Aaron, you're getting ready to bring a child into this world later this year. Yep. Okay. Which institute? That's a great answer, by the way, Chris. Which institutions, though, Aaron? Which do you trust? I trust all of them. Now, you didn't define which way I trust them. I trust all of them to continue to decline and screw people who uh, who who faithfully serve their maker and uh, try to conserve. Um, the practices, the traditions, the values that have proven to be best for human nature over history. I, I trust those institutions to continue to attempt to smash what is left of those values in the public square to the best of their abilities. I trust them to do that. But I think Chris's answer gets to the crux of this issue. Is there ever really a time, is there ever really a time, even in America's history, where, where you should trust an institution didn't say can but should you trust an institution because of the human nature the makeup of human nature uh, and human nature being what it is 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 there ever a time where you should trust the institutions i think i think what we're learning now is for those left of america not left america but what's left of america even the dwindling numbers in in chris and i's generation even those who don't really believe what we believe there is a healthy to sometimes <laughs> maybe uh, an unhealthy based on what it's you know what what the foundation of that skepticism is in these institutions or a healthy distrust inherent distrust of institutions that can be good depending on what then that leads to and too many in my generation especially the generation following me and i again i would like to say that with gen z i enjoy having another generation to pick on now because i've been on the brunt end of that for my entire adult life uh, so far um it, especially in the generation that follows chris and i's generation um it seems like every single solution to replace those institutions is just the, 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 the same thing that actually ruined those institutions. It's, it's the old example of John Oliver, the, uh, the comedian on HBO, I think it is. Yep. He, di he does a pretty good job of diagnosing societal, cultural, political ills. He does a pretty good job at that. His solution every time, government broke this, people broke this. Solution, more people, more government. Mm -hmm. That seems to be, and, and down the circle, down the drain we go. So as we've been listening, our generational perspective here, Todd, where our parents' generation was unilaterally back the blue, the generation coming up behind us is defund the police. I sense a lot of case by case, we'll let you know what we think in our generation, right? Like, hey, we love the idea of entrusting the police, but we have to understand they're going to be be prepared for individual circumstances where the same sinfulness that Chris talked mm -hmm. about uh, derails the guy in the badge every 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 bit as much as does about the, the guy robbing the bank, just for different reasons in different ways, right? right. And so I sense this almost hipster-esque 
pragmatism in our generation, which is just like we're really like non-committal to like either of these notions of nostalgia or um, nihilism, which is what kind of what Aaron described in a way and a nihilistic view of the institutions, which is uh, we'll just uh, uh, come what may on a case by case basis. We'll let you know what we think. I think that's what I was before this year. Now I may as well be a millennial. I, I honestly <laughs> right. trust absolutely nothing. The closest, I thought long and hard about this because I wanted to find one. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can even come down to is the actual building that is the National Archives and those documents that are protected there. Those things are still every bit as relevant to because they're encased, the people who wrote them are all dead, and, and they it's, can, it's a finished legacy, right? But, but there's yes. nothing, there's nothing antiquated about them. They can govern this people today. It's simply a choice. It's as, it can, and this is to your point. It's a nation of will. Hmm. What's fascinating about our way of life is what Chris is asserting is a universal truth. All right, that any institution organization is only as good as the character and integrity of the people that that inhabit them. But but we as a, our, our those founders that you just um, eulogized in a in, in, in an affirmative mm-hmm. way, they did try to create at least a system that would at least hold that instinct back. I don't know that they thought that they were utopian in nature. They thought they had cracked some kind of code for this never to eventually happen to future generations. Right. But they, the intention of these institutions was to hold back the instincts that Chris is talking about. Yes. To essentially insulate us from ourselves. That, that's why these things were created. In the, That's why they were given immense power that was also limited in scope at the exact same time. Because the intent was to hold back the unbridled passions of sinful people to hold total depravity back. All right. And uh, I don't know that they thought that that would work, you know, into uh, who knows uh, indefinitely, but we've reached a point in time now where they're not holding us back anymore. And in fact, they're incentivizing and Mm -hmm. enabling us along the nihilistic lines that, that Aaron described. Let's get to the exit question. Are the institutions irrevocably broken? Or could they be redeemed with better, different leadership? Meaning that, can you? is this a case where new wine could be poured into old wineskins? Chris? Um, any American institution that's representative of the people can be improved if the people are virtuous. So the problem isn't with the systems we have. It's the people who inhabit the systems. Fix them. You fix the institutions. Todd? I think I just made the new wine into old wineskins. The, the, those documents there are as relevant as ever. So again... It, we rot from the head. So, yes, so I your think answer it's is the answer, the, I think, the, the answer to the future is found in the past, is what you're We can have our own Josiah story, yes. Okay. Aaron? Same, same answer as Chris. All right. Our, let's get to our kicker for issue four. So, earlier this week, Krispy Kreme donuts, which is uh, ironic because two of the leading pre existing conditions that r- r- weakens your immune system to coronavirus are diabetes and morbid obesity. <laughs> I know. <laughs> No self-awareness. <laughs> so Krispy Kreme, which does make, I think, the greatest donut of all time, the blueberry cake donut, uh, put out a, a, a promotion this week saying that they will give free donut, a free donut for a year, like every day for a year, I believe they said. It's just one free donut. Oh, oh, one, one free donut. Yeah. Okay. One free donut to anybody that gets, vac- gets vaccinated. So my question is, what, what, what offer has to be on the table for you to take your shot with the um, experimental mRNA COVID vaccines. Todd. Which 
which King Louis was it? Uh, maybe it wasn't even a King Louis. Uh, in order to become king, uh, had to become Catholic and said Paris is worth a mass. Uh, uh, if, to be to be made to be made governor, I'd get jacked up with the vaccine All because right. it would be on, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we found the anti-vaxxers price. You bet. We found it, Chris. What would it take? Uh, bring back live music. Let me go to see bands performing music in concert venues with other people and open bars, and that's what will get me to take the vaccine. All right. Aaron. A way for every woke lefty blogger to spontaneously combust if they ever type or say the word problematic. Nice. For me, put me in charge of the DCU. Uh, make me the Kevin Feige of the uh, DC Cinematic there's a DCCU. Uh, put me in charge of the DC Cinematic Now, I universe. know you thought about this. You ch- you're choosing that over, like, leading the NFL or... Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to predictions. Aaron, go. So my prediction is, is that we will see a major class action lawsuit against universities, and I am going to make that plural. We just saw Rutgers the other day uh, come out and say that they're going to require students to get vaccinated with the experimental COVID vaccine, but not teachers and staff. That's going to be repeated. That attempt is going to be repeated by other universities. We're going to see a class action lawsuit by the middle of the summer. Todd, you know, I'm going to echo that because it, it was mine, but I... Thinking more about this, this is not, this is intentional. This is like the court shopping that was done for Varnum versus Breve in Iowa. They're not just tripping into this. This has been specifically chosen. It's on. Chris. The uh, watered-down uh, South Dakota Women's Fairness and Sports Act that's probably going to pass when the legislature goes into special session is going to be struck down by a court. Yes. Yep. And, I mean, I, I, okay, so we're just going to protect the minors. Chris. Don't we have 18-year-olds in high school sports, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. And someone and, and, and some lefty group with no standing is going to get standing in a federal court to sue on their behalf, which will then just strike down your pragmatic attempt to limit it to just the high schools. At the, this is going nowhere, man. And, and then, well, well, what about the little kids? Well, a lot of them are on travel teams and hockey that play around the country, AAU teams that play around the country in basketball and other all-star traveling teams in baseball. I mean, they they there, cross state lines yes, all the time. I'm going to Kansas was, City today. There was There is no way, no clever way around this confrontation. Nope. It's a head-on. That's that. There's no other way around it. No technicality here. My prediction: the Final Four is going to end up being Gonzaga, Baylor, Loyola of Chicago, and Alabama. Loyola again. Huh? Loyola That's again, three. which is three of the four teams I picked actually to make the Final Four. Who are I you think. missing? Ditto. That would be Illinois. Would be the yeah, team yeah. I'm missing. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, we had the same Final Four. Oh, we had the same one. Yeah. Do, we we have, the same, do we have the same championship game? Uh, who's winning your championship game? I've got Gonzaga beating Baylor. That's what uh, I have. Yeah, that's what I have. Yep. Okay. All right. Always good to see you, brother. Thank you. Great minds. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me on. All right. Take care. Have a great weekend. All right. What we got coming up next here? We have some feedback Friday. I, I agree with what you guys are saying, by the way, the Rutgers thing. It's one thing to say, hey, no one's stepping on campus next fall without being vaccinated. You could at least link that to some form of medical science. That is acceptable in, a, in the American lexicon. But to say that the teachers and staff don't have to do it, but the kids do, especially when you look at the, who the vectors are, when you look at the pathologies of this virus and its characteristics, there's nothing scientific about that. That is all will to power. That's all that that is. Yes. Yes. All right, we'll come back. Feedback Friday is next. Stay tuned.
right, we're back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. Uh, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can do that. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Uh, and then also, if you're looking for the free speech alternatives to those platforms, uh, look for Steve Dace on MeWe, Gab, follow Steve Dace on Parler. Those of you that have been watching on YouTube, apologize, but not really, not our fault. Um, they have censored us uh, this week. This goes on until next week, right? Believe so. Okay. Yeah. So, unless they decide uh, another one of our videos from November. Yeah. Because here's the thing once they do it once, I learned this with the <coughs> Facebook science team. Once they do it once, they, they just don't stop, okay? So, I mean, if they're going to jack with a guy like Steven Crowder with the size audience he has, I mean, we're, you know, we live in the suburbs outside his part of town. So, if they're jacking with us already, I would imagine this will not be the first time we will be jacked with by YouTube. That's why you've got a couple of options. You can go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. That's a free speech alternative to YouTube. Uh, or just go ahead and take advantage of it now. Several of you have emailed me this last 24 hours and said, all right, I finally bit the bullet and subscribed because this won't be a one-time thing. And there could very well be a day like tomorrow. I mean, think about this. If we're already on the radar now, what kind of radar do you think we're going to be on this time next week? For example, mm-hmm. you know what's what happening saying? next week? I'll tell you, the, I'll let the audience know about that in a second in case you missed it at the top of the show, but that's why you want to subscribe. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. Get a discounted subscription today when you go there. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. Don't have to worry about, is this the day I go on and I can't get the program? Same thing for you podcast listeners. Now, if you're holding out, I get it. I'm stubborn too. So while you're still holding out, waiting for the eventuality, we get canceled there as well. Uh, In the meantime, uh, leave us a five-star review. Uh, hit the subscribe button for us. The more of you that do that, the more it helps the show to grow until they decide they don't want it to grow any longer, which I'm sure will happen shortly. Uh, and thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. We appreciate the ego boost. I'm sorry, the uh, the affirmation. Uh, this part of the show brought to you by Bambi. You know, when you're running your own business, HR issues can kill you. If you don't know what you're doing, you get stuck with wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations. And hey, I don't know if you looked recently, but HR manager salaries aren't always cheap. They average about 70 grand a year. That's why if you're a small business just starting out as well, you're looking for a product called Bambi. Bambi is a service created specifically for small businesses like yours. That's B-A-M-B-E-E, B as in boy, A M. B-E-E. It's your dedicated HR manager available by phone, email, real-time chat. From onboarding determinations, they will customize policies to fit your business to help you manage your employee or employees every day. And it's all for just $99 a month. And it's also month-to-month. With no hidden fees, you can cancel at any time. Month-to-month, $99 a month. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time and money on HR compliance, so let Bambi help. They'll even give you a free audit today. Take a look at your business and what kind of services you need. Go to Bambi.com slash Steve. B-A-M-B-E-E. Bam and B. Bambi.com slash Steve. And get your free audit today. In case you missed it at the top of the show, Tuesday is a very big day. 
Uh, we've made the decision here in the last couple of weeks with the forthcoming book we have on Anthony Fauci and taking down the scam of the last year. We are going to bypass the traditional publishing process uh, and go straight to paperback so we can get this in your hands and as many of your hands as we possibly can as soon as we can. It's springtime, warm weather, no more lockdowns, no more. They're not necessary. They never were. They don't work. They never did. And now when you have experts at places like Johns Hopkins going after Anthony Fauci in the pages of the Wall Street Journal, we have an opportunity, I believe, we have the momentum here to topple this petty little bureaucratic tyrant. But we need information, good data, sources cited. Good news is coming your way. On Tuesday, our next book, Faucian Bargain, the most powerful and dangerous bureaucrat in American history, is coming your way. On Tuesday, straight to paperback, which means it'll also be cheaper. So buy multiple copies. Get it in as many people's hands as you possibly can by bypassing the publishing, the traditional publishing process, by not sending these out to every Barnes and Noble in America, for example. We're making we're gonna we're making less money on this up front. So we're making less money. You're gonna get the book for cheaper, so buy more because it's about the message in this book. Any question, every question that you have asked me in the last year about COVID-19. Every link you've ever wanted, there are more links and footnotes in this book than pages. Anything you've ever wanted to know is in this book. It is your one-stop resource guide. There's never been anything done this entire pandemic, anything in the world like this book. Also, it's going to come with an all-star panel of endorsements. We'll tell you about those on Tuesday, including elected officials. All right. There, I don't know that there will be a book on the right released this year or in the last few years that's going to have more of an all-star panel of endorsements than this one will. And we actually got some people that I thought we would get to endorse it for sure that told us no. We, we, we had some big, no, big names turn us down. So, I mean, it, it could have even been uh, almost ridiculous, the panel of, of all-stars. No, nevertheless, you will be impressed with who has come on board in support of this project. So this book is coming out on Tuesday. It looks like right now we're looking at Amazon.com, maybe the only place you're going to be able to get it, uh, at, at least as soon as Tuesday. We're trying to get it into your hands, as many people's hands as possible. There will be an audible version, which Aaron will read. There will be a Kindle version as well, but this releases on Tuesday. Trust me, this is what you've been waiting for for the last year. Every source, link, data point, everything you've ever wanted about this to end this damn damnable policy once and for all is in this book. This has a Avengers Assemble ring to it. Is that Thor's hammer I just saw fly through here? I mean, yeah, everybody, it's, it's only going to happen What's our motto this year, Steve? It's up to us. It, the answer is us. Yes. The answer is us. It's that's what this book is about. It's a weapon and it's for you and it's for the people you know are out there who have been bullied into submission and believing all kinds of nonsense because they're worried about the glances they're going to get. Put this book in their hands. We all met a, a new friend recently um, who got just got connected to our show last year in the midst of all of this looking for basically just fishing for there's got to be counter information it, it he's a successful business guy so he kind of knows bs and he knows that when all of the news sources are all saying the exact same thing that's a narrative right there's got to be something counter so there, he's looking for news sources finds our show 
And in the midst of getting informed on what the, the real data around the world is showing about COVID, I, I can't remember who did it. There was a survey that came out just a few days ago of, of media coverage of COVID-19 that showed our media in, in the United States was by far the most negative and panic stricken no. on planet Earth. No way. Yeah. And in the midst of this, <laughs> you know, we from the very beginning started asking questions. Hey, what's the law of unintended consequences here? What, what's the what's the backside of this equation when you start taking civilization away from people? And he lost his best friend who was a recovering addict. And he had two institutions that got him through daily in his recovery. The church, church is closed. And AA. He was going to daily meetings. Couldn't do those anymore. Ended up taking his own life. And there's a lot of stories like that. We're on the precipice of a mental health extravaganza in this country for what's happened in the last year. And this book in no way, shape, or form attempts to minimize the dangers of COVID-19. Nor, however, does it blow them out of proportion either. And they have to be weighed up against the dangers these other policies are causing. At the very least, since last May and June, being as gracious as I possibly can. If I was going to give the most grace to all the people that made all the decisions over the last year, then I would forgive them the first decision to lock down for 15 days. We can't trust China. We don't know what we're dealing with. Fine. The 30 days to slow the spread was all based on bad models that halfway into that time period, everybody knew were bunk, and yet we rode them out anyway. By the time we got to May or June, really all the data we have now, we've known pretty much since May and June of last year. It's just been it's just been recirculated and reconfirmed with more time to observe it. Since since last spring, heading into last summer, we have known who the vulnerable populations are, who the vulnerable demographics are. Nothing's changed. And yet, we've been way too slow in responding to that reality. People like you need a tool that will equip you to hold your elected officials' feet to the fire. This book's going to do that for you. And it comes out on Tuesday. No more tragedies. No more stories like that. Especially when it was completely unnecessary and was at the cost of a policy that didn't do any good anyway. Didn't do any good anyway. If you think lockdowns work, I present to you the rate of excess deaths in Sweden in 2020 compared to the rest of the European Union. And I rest my case. They don't work. But they do kill. Let's get to some feedback Friday. Start with Alex. I've been thinking everything over with Trump, and I do not believe he will run again in 2024. 
As of right now, Trump can claim that the election was stolen from him and that he's still a winner. If Trump runs again and loses by hook or by crook, it will kill his winner image. It would be more advantageous to Trump to simply be the kingmaker and take those wins as his own. He can use his platform to boost his ego and win congressional elections. He would be very important to anyone he would endorse in a primary. Even somebody like a DeSantis. Um, Trump is all about Trump's image. Losing another election would devastate that image. P.S. Joyless Todd is the best Todd. That is from Alex. Thoughts on that analysis? I'm doing my best for you, Alex. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm very unhappy daily, Alex. Thank you. Listen, Trump, if he's honest with himself and watching Joe Biden... It, it would be one thing if it was Kamala. I, I don't, I think all the crazy voices in his head would be more likely to win out in his head to take out somebody like that. But he's not very far behind Joe Biden ultimately in terms of age. No, he's not. And watching this, he, Donald Trump is, is by, and he, he was, he's comes across as much younger, much more vigorous. All, all of that is true, but when it happens, at that it age, happens. when it happens, it happens. Even Steve yeah. and I know. I mean, yeah. I, I, Steve, I'm 48. Steve's 47. Like when, that happens to us at some level. In our minds, I think I can go out and physically do things. Like I, let's go pick up a tackle football game. I know that would be nonsense, and I'd be sore for two weeks and probably never be able to walk again. But we think things like that. If if he's honest with himself, he's looking at this. Donald Trump does not want to look like Joe Biden does look like now. And that the likelihood of that happening is only increasing day by day by day. We're, we're two months into this presidency. What the, we got a long way to go till that happens. And talking about it now is futile for a hundred other reasons. So move on. I have generally the same thoughts, um, as, as Todd, the, the problem is, is, is trying to is trying to analyze Trump's next actions, which there's just we've said this ad nauseum. It makes yes. me want to throw up how many times we've talked about that. It's just futile, just futile. On the one hand, yes, he is very old, but on the other hand, he has a very large ego that needs to be fed. Um, I'm I'm almost a little bit surprised that he hasn't been more uh, visible to this point. I mean, it would seem like he'd want to put out a press release every single day or get back on some form of social media every single day. But um, we haven't seen that. He's supposed to be starting his new uh, his new social media platform sometime soon. But um, trying to weigh those two things, I, I'm I'm tapping. Should he? No. Will he? Who? Is he quiet? I'm more than I think. I think he's been quiet because he's deeply embarrassed that he lost to this guy. I, I think it's really just as simple as he doesn't have instant quick fire access to social yep. media. I just think it's just that simple. I'm told that he's actually down there by himself a lot. Like looking for people to come and meet with him and talk with him. And that's why Lindsey Graham gets in anytime he wants. <laughs> that's what I'm told. I'm, I'm told that a lot of days go by and there ain't much on the card, you know? So he's just kind of looking for stuff to do. So... <laughs> See, so yeah, let's all move on. Here's the thing about this, though. 
I, I know these guys are a current and former president, so that we kind of put them on this pedestal. But Joe Biden is is how every one of our grandparents who has who has early onset dementia, this is how they all behave, right? Every now every every second or third or fourth thought, man, they're sharp as a tack, and it's like they're 35 years old again. Mm-hmm. And then five minutes later, you're hey, Gramps is back. Five minutes later, where did Grandpa go? I mean, that is that's what happens at that age. I'm sorry, it does. The idea that, hey, I'm retired now and I'm kind of bored. What am I going to do with my days? How many people in our audience live through that now? We, I mean, that, that's, that is normal life. There is something unique about the baby boomer generation that it just seemingly doesn't want to accept its age. It, it's really odd. I don't, know of it, I don't know of another generation in American history like this. From, you know, I was reading the other day, Rolling Stones are open to get out and tour, man, right? As soon as COVID restrictions are... Why? What? 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 Why? To what end? Dude. Grab a golf cart. Play the shuffleboard, man. Didn't Assume Jagger, the position. Didn't he actually have like open heart surgery like two years I'm ago? I'm just like, th- this is the first generation in American history that views acting its age as beneath it. There's nothing wrong with being a 70, a, a successful, how many successful guys retire and then are bored and just play golf all day because there's no more worlds to slay. I mean, we're laughing about how that's just tragic for Trump. That's the story of almost every successful retired guy in America. That's life, guys. That's life. We're like appalled that Joe Biden, you know, we went from a president that we were freaked out about what he might say at press conferences, that we now have a president that we're freaked out as he tries to say anything at a press conference. And we're acting like, wow, this is really scary. What did you think was going to happen when you elected a 78-year-old guy with obvious dementia? This is what happens with 78-year-old men with dementia. It, it, this is what happens. What did you think was going to occur? There's just this 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 particular generation just feels as if somehow it's just always it's just always Watergate. It's just always Woodstock. It's just you know what I'm saying? It's just like no, it's not. You got old, man. It happens. Move on. Enjoy life. Go say hi to your maker. Clock out. There's just something about this generation that refuses to accept well, its age. When the idol is me. Isn't that the logical course of action? And didn't they epitomize that in the 60s? I mean, in 2019, they worked tirelessly to get a 50th anniversary Woodstock conference or concert. Do you, did, did we, I don't know. I was a kid, I was a baby. Did anybody in like 1975 work tirelessly? You know, we need a 50th anniversary flapper conference. I got to go back to the roaring 20s. And that, that first of all, most of those people were probably dead. And the ones that were alive, they walk out with their fake hips. Absolutely, let's Charleston this son of a gun all the way to midnight. No, it was 50 freaking years ago, man. Move on. Goodness. What is it with this generation that it refuses to accept? We had our time. We now need to move on. It is another generation's time. What's the fable? The... uh... One more thing, I see this too. I hear, I hear from around the, I see and watch and hear from around the country pastors of that generation that have not groomed another uh, the guy, the guy who's going to take over when they leave. Just the pastor we just had on last week. Mm-hmm. You know, begging his governor for church, dude. No, move on, man. 
You had a good run. Nothing wrong with getting old. In fact, it's a, it's, be, it, it, be proud of it, but enjoy it now. It's time for another generation now. This generation just refuses to grow up. Well, what's that fable where you, the, the girl who can't stop looking at herself in the mirror? There's, with media now, and this, for your know, television, it, it like all of life is kind of like a time capsule for that generation when in the past, it, there, you know, there was books, there was perhaps radio at the beginning of the century, but now, and I'm talking from like reruns to everything. It's just that media is always been a look in the mirror for this generation for perhaps the first time in human history so it's constantly telling them that they are unique and different from everything that came before yeah. like why the hell do i care what dan rather thinks about anything oh that's right why does he still get bob woodward why do i care it's like it we've it's like we cannot move on as a society we, until the last baby boomer breathes, we have to remain in this in the in, in this time period, and we have and these are and these are the only cultural benchmarks that have ever mattered: Watergate, civil rights movement, counterculture, hate Ashbury. I mean, just really Vietnam, really nothing else. Nothing happened before or after. We just do this over and over and over and over again. Am I the only one tired of it? At least can we yeah. just have another, a new stupid argument? Maybe it'll be just as dumb, but can I always tell my kids, go make your own mistakes. Go do your own stupid stuff. Learn from the stupid stuff your old man has done in your, in your presence. Don't repeat your old man's stupid stuff. Go do your own stupid stuff. Make your own mistakes. Have you met our transgender health minister? <laughs> and this is where the baby boomer's like, are you sure you guys want to go there? <laughs> Hey, I know maybe we ought to grow up, but hey, I'm not. Maybe we're not so keen on handing this thing over to y'all. You know what? You guys might be right about that. Moving on. Want to get nuts? <laughs> Let's get nuts. That's the closest thing you're ever going to get from me to an apology. Because I'll admit, on second thought, I'm rethinking the last ten minutes of radio I just did. Yes. How old is okay. Rachel Levine? Ah, uh, it looks very Gen X to me. Anyway, what generation are we? Anyway, uh, let's move on. What do you guys think? Sixty-three. He's a he's a boomer. Oh, okay. Is he really? Sixty-three. Yeah, he is. If he's 63, he is. Or he's right on the edge of it. So you know what? No, I don't apologize. You guys got to own that too. So no, no. I take back any form of humility I was about to demonstrate and go back to the arrogant position I previously held. <laughs> uh, let's go to Dan in Georgia. I've been a staff member in higher education for a long time now. Uh, and I've seen firsthand the devolution of society originating from this intellectual cesspool called a university. Currently, I do sec a tech support in the biological sciences department of a university. My opinion of science has changed. In fact, I would go so far as to claim that real science is a rare and elusive thing. I've come to realize that I work in a holy temple of scientism. Everyone here is steeped in dogma and they are disciples of Fauci, mindlessly carrying out the ritual tenets of their masters. These people People with PhDs are the high priests. You don't ask them questions. I kid you not. When I make in inquiries, I draw ire for even daring to even ask questions. Strange, I thought science was founded in doing things like asking questions. I asked one professor, why do you think flu has literally vanished in, face, in the face of COVID? And she replies, because face masks and social distancing's work. I was dumbfounded. Seems PhD really does stand for post hole or pothole digger. 
I had two doctors of biology share with me about the vaccine experience. When I asked one, so when do you get to stop having to wear a mask? He got angry with me and started talking about asymptomatic spread. He was doing it for, therefore he was still wearing his mask for others. If he's immunized, what, what, what is he doing for others? He's, he's immunized! In the same breath, he mentions how he's a researcher. I then ask if he had done any inquiries into the database for reported possible, uh, the VAERS d- database and reported possible correlational symptoms associated with the vaccine. Never heard of it, was his reply. Our conversation ended with him telling me I was misinterpreting and misrepresenting the data on any comment I made. Seems any comment not quoting their sacred talking points are in error and must be squashed. We work as we work or my work as a mask mandate from mindless bureaucrats. I see college kids walking around double masks. I have to wear a voodoo talisman to keep my job, but it sickens me to my core. I have to keep meditating on how I'm crucified with Christ because right now the beast that is swirling under my skin is trying to claw its way out. Oh, my friend, science is rare. Truth is even more rare. Dan, bro, Mm -hmm. I got to give you the Hunger Games right here, okay? I mean, brother, the other night there was this viral video, Dan, if you're listening, and it's a guy getting beat up at a a Whole Foods by another customer because he's not wearing a mask. I never had the sound on, but I, I, I don't know what was being said, but I just watched this video. And I, I, I kept watching it over and over again. We, we actually have talked about it as a group off the air because all of us were had watching and thinking the same thing, with, just independent of each other. When you talk about that beast that is swirling under your skin, trying to claw its way out, I watched this thing. I was sizing up the guy, beating the dude up. I was like taking a look on where I'd come back and thinking to myself, I, I, I wish someone, I pray someone would do this to me. Try this on me. Again, like you were saying a little while ago, I'm going to be 50 in a few years. Mm-hmm. All right? My mind might be, my, my imagination might be writing checks that I can no longer cash. But by golly, there is a, there is a, I want to see if that check bounces or so not. So do I, so do I. I'm going to write it. I'm going to write it. Okay? I am going to write that check. All right? Because there is an unsustainable level of bile stored up in me over this last year. It's not sustainable. The amount of effort I have to take to keep it down, to not let it out, because then it wants to come out destructively, like when somebody in your own family or a friend ticks you off, and then yeah. you just you're on your last nerve. Yep. And so I'm just I'm I'm desperately, you know, like a beach ball. I'm trying to keep it under the water. Yeah. Okay. This bile though is itching to come out. It's it so wants to come out. And I'm so wanting someone, there's a large part of me, maybe in the end, I end up in the back of an ambulance. But by golly, at least I would have channeled that aggression yeah. somewhere where it belongs because I have, oh, I know what you mean, my friend, when you talk about that beast that is under your skin swirling, tr- trying to claw its way out. That you have described me to a T for the last few months for sure. You've also described a very, very healthy disposition. What you do with it, that, monitoring that, as Steve said, that's a different story. But to have it, because you're dealing with Nazis. You've described Nazis. If you've watched Schindler's List and how the chief baddie is played by Ray Fiennes, that just malevolent douchery of, you know, I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Of that, 
I know all kinds of people uh, who are part of Covidistan who act and behave like that. So there'd be something wrong with you if you did not feel this clawing, this thorn in your side. This is one that needs to be there. It's righteous. Meanwhile, you're young. You've got it all under control. You're not worried about any of this, right? Oh, no. No, just got a, a kid on the way. And, uh, you know, I guess that's that's no 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 mind whatsoever that the one of the favorite phrases that the show has come up with <clears throat> todd uh last year was the impenetrable ignorance mm. that we that we face there is no silver bullet no argument no philosophy no real e- emotionalism really that can reach people like that they're right because they want to be right. They decided they were right, so they are right. Yes. Yep. It is the it is the chaos of subjectivism mm-hmm. brought and run amok on a national and really, uh, to some extent, uh, a gl- global level, but especially in our country. I know I'm right because I decided I'm right. Therefore, I'm right. What can you do? What can you do about that? Only supernatural revival. Only God, really the grace of God, can overcome that. What about whooping that ass? Or that. Does that help? Gonna get out of my backhoe. Let it go, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, I, I watched that video from that Whole Foods too many times. We'll come back with more Feedback Friday here in a moment. Hey, I've got some great news to share about our friends at Patriot Mobile. They just expanded their coverage dramatically, which will make it easier, uh, even easier for even more Americans to dump those big name carriers who hate our belief system anyway and charge you way too much as it is. Uh, you can partner with Patriot Mobile because they never send a penny to the causes that you don't believe in. They'll never silence you, work to silence you. They're America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And you can switch with confidence because they use pretty much the same network that all the big boys use as well. And switching is easy. If you want, you can keep your phone number, bring your own phone, buy a new one. Uh, You can build your own bundle right now with multi-line discounts and save even more. Speaking of saving even more, veterans and first responders, you save even more as well. So just go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Learn about this month's special, which is a free premiere activation. That's where they set up the phone for you and you get a special gift. So they set up the phone for you and a special gift when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve or give them a call. 972-PATRIOT. Again, that's 972-PATRIOT. Let's get back to some feedback. Friday, Eric says, I found your show through Steven Crowder and Blaze TV. I, I cannot tell you how many people we have gotten notes from the last few years that we, we, we probably owe at least a cookie bouquet or something to Steven Crowder. The amount of referrals uh, that he has indirectly sent our show over the last few years. Uh, you guys, your guys' show has helped me uh, lead me back to my faith again. Uh, nefarious plot really solidified that for me five stars well thank you eric he says my question is about free speech in in america all right guys listen to this i'm in the military and it feels like i can't say my opinion anymore without it affecting my career years ago i was comfortable saying my opinion but now i feel i would be kicked out if i expressed any wrong think i thought the military would be free from this type of censorship but apparently it's now worse than ever do you think this change this will change anytime soon Eric, 
the answer is us. It will not change. This didn't come in organically. It came in coercively. Meaning that it it, it wasn't like the diet changed, um, the air changed, um, the climate changed, and all of a sudden we just decided, oh my, that spirit of the age smells so good. Give me some of that. Puff, puff, pass, man. Puff, puff, pass. That's not what happened. It, it came in coercively. People brought it in with the intent, my friend, of infiltrating your ranks. You should look at this spirit of the age as an insurgency. And therefore, it will only be other people who will then force it out. So there's two ways out of this, my friend. And first of all, thank you for your service. But there's only two ways out of this. One is revival or bust, but that's operating at a level beyond us. It's clear if you look at what's going on in our country, how these things are accelerating now, how the, the, the lies and the trolling are omnipresent and almost impossible to keep up with. It's clear this thing is, is coming to a head. Now, to what end? I don't know. Could be that, you know, we're just the next Western secular socialist democracy lost to history, basically. Could be revival's coming. Could be both, actually. You know, we've never really thought about that. But both could actually happen. You know, it's just that those who buy into the revival, the latter, are essentially isolated from the rest of the country. Or the rest of the country is isolated from them, or they go someplace else, like a bunch of pilgrims who once jumped on a rickety boat to go someplace else. And as I pointed out before, they were not escaping some form of, 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 of cultural calamity that was unfamiliar to them. They were escaping England. Like they weren't running from the Mayans. They weren't running from uh, the shoguns. They, they were running from the British. So this thing's coming to a head. It's pretty obvious. How soon that happens and to what end, that's beyond our jurisdiction. So what jurisdiction do we have, brother? We have the jurisdiction to say, no. No. You know, you Todd and I were talking the other day about some of our favorite teams and causes and if 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 they go full in on on not just even having beliefs different than ours, that's just part of living in a um pluralistic society, but in terms of deploying those like if Michigan or Wisconsin came out in an NCAA men's tournament game with a chick in a beard, okay? Like those would be like our tap out. And we were just talking about this the yeah. other day. And we both remembered that great line Russell Crowe says is Jor-El in the Man of Steel movie. And you know what? Maybe Man of Steel was a few years ahead of its time. Go watch it again. You're going to think it's a great movie. Man of Steel is a great movie. And Zod has just had it 
on Krypton with the bureaucracy. And so he just goes full on, um, uh, really just full on revolutionary. Just goes full Che Guevara, Mao. Just think of, you know, famous revolutionaries in the past. It's a coup. Yeah. And he thinks his old his old uh, childhood friend Jorel, who represents the respectable opposition, people who are pushing back against the corruption in the arena of ideas or through civil disobedience, because Jorel is practicing it by having a natural childbirth. He thinks Jorel will link arms, and Jorel Russell Crowe's character looks at him and says, "I will honor the man you once were, Zod, by not participating in this." That. That's a prophecy, Eric, and all the men in this audience, is I think we need to be prepared to use that phrase in the immediate future. Mm -hmm. You may need to be prepared to say to your commanding officer, I will honor the institution that this branch of the military once was by refusing to bow my knee to such obvious and complete and total BS. I'm not doing it. And remaining silent while you try to force it down my throat. I'll, I'll honor the military as it once was by not participating in this. You want some providential timing on this. Just a couple days ago, out of the blue, I got a text from my former parish priest of mine who's about 10 years younger than me. Hey, I haven't talked with him uh, in a couple years. And he just gave me the download on some of what you're talking about. And he, he said, in a, a couple of days, I've got to go to some sort of new age gobbledygook mm-hmm. stuff. But he says, and he said, but I'm seeing more people come to Christ right now. Soldiers who came into this for love of country and now realizing that as good as that is, there needs to be something more. Mm-hmm. So like Steve says, it's coming to a head. And it's coming to a head within our military. That may be very scary and very ugly, but here we are. Kelly Caldwell writes, I have a theory for you to discuss in regards to masking after vaccination. My husband and I are both in agreement on this. We think masking after the full vaccination is purely to prevent chaos. We realized in order to keep people calm, they force vaccinated people to wear their masks. Can you imagine the interactions of vaccinated non-masked people versus masked non-vaccination? There would be Karens everywhere. It is government's plan to keep the masking up so everyone blends together. Thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. That's absolutely true. We may, again, we may test that this weekend here when I, as I've told you, I'm going to a first big uh, outdoor soccer tournament of the season. And they're saying we got to, parents got to wear a mask on the sideline outside. Uh, no, but there's, there's way too many people, uh, both in the government and out, who, who count on that security blanket until, I mean, there's all kinds of people in positions of power. They really like the power, but they, they don't know yet what the next play as they sense the fraying they sense spring they sense the warm weather so this thing absolutely is a thing that just keeps the perpetual motion thing machine going long enough i do you think anybody in in government has really game theoried any part of this out no actually i think karen is smarter and has thought that her and her not karen i'm sorry uh, she was talking about karen's yeah i i think that um kelly you and your husband are thinking this through more and more thoughtfully than the people running the show. That's what yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. They just interesting like, theory. But yeah, 
they just they just love the power and then they'll do whatever yes. they need to do if to maintain if it. If your theory was true, in my opinion, we would have had more thoughtful leadership in the last year. Instead of being told, mass work, automatically they all work. We would have been told things like, guys, we're just throwing everything at this virus we can. Do you mind wearing masks? You know, just, just give it six months or a year. It will help us open things up. Even if it just takes down 1% of transmission, that's one. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If they were doing things like that, Kelly, I think they would have talked to us like what you're describing. I just think this is just all power and control and manipulation. Mm-hmm. It's just all will to power. Funny thing about the mask thing. So I get to, the, I get to my Planet Fitness this morning. And I start walking, I, I, I leave my truck, or my, my Ford Edge, my SUV, and I realize, crap, I'm halfway to the door, I left my mask in my car. So I just wrote, go back and get it, because they have this stupid rule, you wear a mask until you, start, until, until you work out, which makes no sense. All right, and I get to the door, and I'm just like, screw this, man, I'm not wearing this damn thing anymore. And I, I, I rip it off and put it in my pocket. I just walk in and go head over to the locker room. And I'm, I'm like feeling like, you know, John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I ended up being more like Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 3. Because as I walked in, I realized that since I was there yesterday, they had actually taken down all the signs. Oh, yeah. Oh, about no. needing to wear masks. Oh, so it wasn't, no. wasn't even. Good day, too. They, they took them all down. So I'm thinking I'm like making this <laughs> statement by refusing to wear a mask from like the 50 yards from my the door to when I get into the men's locker room, you know, to get my shoes tied and everything to get out and get my workout in. And they actually took all the, the mask demands away beforehand. So um, that's what I get. I thought well, that was kind of funny. See, I laughed I get, at myself. This is, I have a soft spot. I'm I'm genuinely sympathetic to the places that have allowed us to live out our lives the closest to reality. Yeah. So your maybe your gym grocery stores like the I mean, local Hy-Vee, which is the big grocery yes. store chain here in town. Yes. When they like ask politely, would you mind? I almost feel like you know what I really is that. that, that I kind of well, feel like maybe I'll put one on just because you were nice about well, it. Well, these guys you know? from the the elder. You, there's always elderly people who work there, and then the te- they've never they've been on the front lines yep. every day going to work plexiglass or not they i've never got any pushback at one of those things and uh, yet just because the sign is still there i'm almost like because you guys i've never got an ounce of karen from you guys yep. i'll, yep. I'll i'm with you are, on that but those are also yep. the places where th- we see each other the most and we have got to like just draw the line in the sand and yes. together stop it yes yeah i i i'm with you on that i i my opinion of this would be a lot different if they just would have been honest. And they just would have... You'll see when you read the Fauci and Bargain book that basically until June 1st of last year, no one with an IQ above 10 or with any form of scientific gravitas or expertise believed cloth masks were going to protect you against an airborne virus. Nobody did. No one. Zip, zilch, nada. No one on the third rock from the sun believed this. And then suddenly, after June 1st, 2020... A whole bunch of them did. One of the things, and I mentioned this in the book, I found fascinating is going back and reading a lot of the old studies on masks against airborne contagions, and then those are still up to be read, and they've been retconned. 
they've been updated yep. with disclaimers, basically saying, we're sorry for what we said in 2014. Mm-hmm. Sorry for what we told you in 2018. We were dead wrong. We're pleased to, basically, they're going back to those, the Hive. Remember when we had yeah. this, the sign up last summer? Please, basically, was the please BLM, don't burn us down. Remember yeah. that yes. sign? Mm-hmm. That's essentially what these are. Please don't, 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 don't come after us on social media. Please mob. Please don't invade our comment section. Don't call. Don't cancel us. We're sorry we once believed in science. We're taking it all back right now. That is just beyond pathetic. And that's how you know that this is not about any form. Back to your email, Kelly. You and your husband. That's how you know this isn't about any form of earnestness. You're describing some form of earnestness that they're trying to navigate in a confusing time. This has never been about earnestness this entire time. It's only been about power. That's it. Power. Nothing more and nothing less. Don't ever forget that. Because if you do, if you try to find some other pure motivation that still may have a confusing outcome, they will manipulate you into something even worse the next time. Because they hate you. Let's get to our final live read of the day for our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com. You know, in these challenging and dare I say, unprecedented times. Bing. Thank you. It is vitally important that if you're going into the real estate market, first in any economy it's good to do this but especially now that you go in with an agent that you can trust somebody who comes in and will take charge of the situation but also understand who is ultimately in charge here and that is you now where would you find such an agent well the name kind of says it all head over to the website realestateagentsitrust.com is a company started by glenn beck and his associates who got tired of putting up with real estate agents who didn't come through and then found out you know what in this audience is so big and vast here that there's all kinds of really good agents around the country. And from there, that mustard seed was planted for a national referral network of agents all over the country that can be there and do right by you. So this is all you need to do. Probably just about anywhere in the country, we can help you out. If you go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Any final thoughts before we get out of here today, men? Yeah, just when I said this on Twitter last night, just want to say it on the show. Awfully proud of of these two guys and and uh, writing a book in very short order and a very important book at that. And this is one of those times where we talk about firing every bullet for for guys like Steve and Todd and and um, and and people with with their or with our platform and abilities and gifts that God has given them. Firing every last bullet might be Fauci and bargain. Firing every last bullet for somebody like me might be something else. Firing every last bullet might be, uh, did I did I really go, did I go to every school board meeting? Did I go to that school board meeting where they were discussing bringing in critical race theory? Did I do this? Did I speak up when I could have for the things that I should have? Don't look back at this time. Don't look back at this time. If, if, if America inevitably collapses, if it collapses at all, don't look back and say, I regret not doing this hmm. taking that action so uh hats off to these two for for doing that in the form of a book thank you brother thanks man appreciate that very much that'll do it for our show here today we're going to stick around record overtime for our blaze tv subscribers at blaze tv.com slash days for the rest of you have a great weekend and until monday john 317 this is steve dace on the blaze radio network